This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Misen. Misen makes better tools for better cooking with thoughtful design, premium materials, and honest prices, including their Misen Chef Knife to replace your knife set. Step up your cooking game now and head over to Misen.com slash Nomad. That's M-I-S-E-N dot com slash Nomad for 20% off your first order. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is also brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef's vegan and vegetarian recipes are high in plant proteins and rich in omega-3s. Go to greenchef.com slash nomeat90 and use code nomeat90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nomad Athlete Radio. I am Doug Hay. I am joined today with Claire Mahalik, which I'm excited. Claire, is your first time on Nomad Athlete Radio? Is this your first podcast or, or no? This is my first podcast ever, yes. Awesome. Well, congrats. Uh, you do a ton of Instagram stories and um, live events and things like that. So, uh, And you've been working with, with our team at A20 for a while. And, and of course, I knew you for, um, through your boyfriend, Michael, who's also a Nomad Athletes uh, <laughs> team, or, or yeah, Nomad Athlete Compliments team. But um, this will be the first time we're really getting to talk one-on-one about nutrition, about um, all of the work that you do with Ayurveda. Um, and I'm excited to have this conversation. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, me too. I'm super stoked. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking all about Ayurveda. And um I'll go ahead and preface it by saying that I know a little bit, but not very much. So this is going to be just as much a learning experience for me as I think it probably will be for a lot of our listeners. But um, before we kind of go into the details of what Ayurveda is and how people can apply it to their life, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, you know, kind of how you got into this? Yeah, um, thank you. So, yeah, my name is Claire, and I first entered into Ayurveda about three years ago. I have very much been living a holistic, healthy lifestyle, I would say, for the majority of my life. Um, But I didn't really make a lot of connections until three years ago when I found Ayurveda, um, because many of the things that I thought were healthy, um, like eating-wise or exercising-wise, were actually damaging my body a little bit too because they were only aggravating me more and pushing me more out of balance um, as Ayurveda has shown me. So I first got into yoga maybe about five years ago and that was really like the gateway into this more Ayurvedic lifestyle. Um, That's when I first heard about it and it was all about, you know, holistic living. I was super into that, eating clean, um, but it was very individualized, which I loved. Um, so I really jumped into that. And then three years ago, I believe I had a friend who, um, who mentioned it on social media somewhere. And I immediately like jumped on her. I was like, let's get coffee. I need to know more. Uh, where, (laughs) where do you study? And it was just like fascinated. You know, I was reading about the elements, the doshas. I'm like, oh, we're all so unique. I love this. Like, of course (laughs) we're all different. And so um, immediately after I got coffee with my friend, she told me all about it. And she told me the school that she goes to. And I love learning and, you know, adding to my tool belt, as I like to call it. Um, So I immediately enrolled pretty much. And the school that I um, actually just finished is the California College of Ayurveda. And they are based in Nevada City, uh, right outside Tahoe in Northern California there. 
and they offered a distant learning program. So I was able to go to school online, basically, and meet up with my master teacher um, once a month or uh, every other week and stay like in touch with school while I was able to continue working and traveling and kind of maintaining the alternative lifestyle that I do. Um, so it was really great. And yeah, so I've been in school there. I uh, just finished um, my clinical studies. So I'm finished with all my academics, Ayurvedic health counselor and clinical Ayurvedic specialist. Um, so I'm super stoked about that. And yeah, yeah now I'm just um, excited to share it with others. Awesome. Well, congrats. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so what I, the little I do know about Ayurveda is, uh, and what I like about it um, is balance, like you talked about, how, uh, you know, I think a lot of us think about nutrition as kind of this, you know, you're plant-based or you're paleo or you're whatever, um, and it's not really, it's kind of a one-size-fits-all when you fall into these, like, certain camps. Um, but we're all unique, and, you know, as athletes, you know, we train differently, each of our training plans are different, like, um, you know, and, and kind of our morning routines are different. We're all unique people. And so why, why not have our, our nutrition and, uh, the rest of our lifestyle kind of fit that, um, fit our uniqueness, I guess, and, and kind of put us into balance. So I, I guess, I guess we should start by just saying like, what is Ayurveda? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know that there's the, the diet element, there's a lifestyle element, there's kind of all this stuff. So why don't you go into the very basics for someone who's maybe never heard of it before? Yeah, and you almost kind of touched on it. Essentially, what Ayurveda is, is a holistic healing science um, from ancient India that uses diet, lifestyle practices, and herbal remedies to align the body. And so um, it's really, it, it, Ayurveda targets the root cause of disease rather than the symptom. However, Ayurveda also treats the person and not so much the disease, meaning that like two people with the same symptoms or same conditions may have a totally different treatment based on their unique makeup within Ayurveda. Okay. And so, so, you know, give some examples of like, um, so there's the diet element, but what else, what else is there that would be used? So, um, a lot of like lifestyle and seasonal practices. So as you, as we kind of get into Ayurveda, um, besides diet, like the type of like exercises you can be doing can be aggravating or balancing. So like for, for me, for example, like I have a lot of air elements in me. So I'm very light kind of mobile um, person. So doing high intensity activities can may push me even further out of balance. So what Ayurveda can do is kind of show you more balancing elements to kind of counteract my high active air um, intensity and bring it down with more of like a slow, like heavy weight lifting that's more grounding um, to kind mm-hmm. of help counterbalance it too. And the way we use um, like daily lifestyle practices are all centered around just like finding that balance, like you mentioned, right? So someone maybe with a heavier um, like kapha type constitution um, maybe which we should touch on too, like they sure, yeah. will need something more like heating and stimulating in the morning. So, you know, instead of me where I maybe need to meditate for 20 minutes to ground, another person may wake up and need to move right away. They need to open their body, open their chest because they just have a not naturally a lot of earth or water in them. So they need to counteract that in the opposite way through movement and stimulation. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> so again, what little I do know about, about Ayurveda is um, kind of stems from my wife, uh, who is a yoga instructor and has studied it a little bit, but I wouldn't, she would never claim to be any sort of expert. Um, but uh, she always says that uh, I'm like very, very kaphic, and she is very, very pitta. And uh, so let's talk about what those are. Those are your doshas, right? Is that right? Or mm-hmm. yep. So and and maybe what um, what different types of uh, what the different doshas are and kind of what they mean and you know so someone can think about you know maybe where they fit within. within yeah, I, um, and I think one thing to mention too before getting into the doshas is the foundation of what Ayurveda is built upon is these five great elements. So it really comes back to the five foundational elements, which are earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And these are the elements that make up the dosha, but really help us identify what we need in order to balance, right? So when you're thinking of these five great elements, um, it's hard to like understand what they are. So we have these 10 opposing qualities that give them expression. So it's like hot, cold, moist, dry, light, heavy, mobile, um, static. So these kind of give expression to those five great elements, which then give expression to the doshas. So as you mentioned, you have a lot of kapha in you. And kapha is one of the doshas, and it's made up of earth and water. So when you think of those elements, you can think of the qualities that describe that. Well, earth and water, are that's heavy, it's moist, it's cold. So you may be showing those type of like um, personality traits. Maybe it's like a little bit of lethargy. Maybe it's like compassionate, um, affectionate, like loving, you know, having all of these warm, um, like affectionate type of qualities. But it can also be like a heavy digestion um, and maybe more respiratory issues, more mucus because of that heavy earth and water in there. So that can type of build it up as well. So it really comes back to these elements and qualities. But besides with the kapha dosha, you also have vata and pitta. And again, vata is made up of air and ether. So then it carries the qualities that are light, mobile, cold, dry. And then you'll see that type of expression in a vata person. You'll see them being very bubbly, excitable, like think of air and wind, like that type of Mm -hmm. energy, just moving a lot, adaptable. But when they're out of balance, they can be very anxious, fearful. Um, They can be having like indigestion, gas, bloating, dry skin. And then the third dosha is pitta, which is made up of fire and water. And anytime fire is present, there's always heat. So the pitta dosha is very hot, right? The qualities that describe Mm -hmm. are hot. It's flowing, it's mobile. Think of like a fire flame, like it's kind of going all over the place. It's fire is drying as well. And so a pitta type person will have a lot of intensity. Um, you could think of Michael and Matt almost too, like fire driven, <laughs> sure. ambitious. Um, uh-huh. But when they're out of balance, those heated type of emotions can be seen in jealousy, anger, criticism, um, or even like burning sensation or loose stools. So when we get to the thinking of the doshas, um, which so many people, when they're introduced to Ayurveda, that's what they immediately connect with. But it's important to kind of pull back the layers and see these five foundational elements because that's where the balance comes in. So kapha, if you have too much kapha in you, then that means you have too much earth and water. So to counteract that, you would look to add more air and more fire and more ether. 
So in your diet, maybe that means eating more spicy food, or maybe that means in your lifestyle practices, you know, adding in um, some hot yoga to warm up or some vinyasa yoga, something with movement to bring you air and lightness and to build heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so what about Pitta and what about, um, I've already blinked on, on the other Bata. one. Bata. Vata, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, like, like, so, so with coffee, like, and, and, uh, you know, so movement, bring in some heat, uh, with, with food and, and, uh, and flow and that kind of thing. What about, uh, so what about Vata? What about Pitta? Yeah. So, Vata type people are, um, very light. As I mentioned, they are made up of air and ether. So, they carry all these light qualities. They're very mobile. Uh, kind of all over the place, too. Like when they're out of balance, they can be very indecisive. So this excess amount of air and ether creates a lot of movement. So to counteract that, you can think of if, a, you know, if you're experiencing these type of symptoms, indigestion, worry, fear, that's an invitation for you to counteract that with by grounding. Like you need something stable, something heavy. So you would need more earth. And you can do that through the foods you eat by eating more nourishing, heavy foods like grains or sweet potatoes or, you know, heavy fruit like bananas or dates or almonds, something that's got a little bit more earth to it that can help mm -hmm. ground that mobility of vata. Or in lifestyle practices, that could be meaning um, like breathing exercises too that work to, to balance the nervous system. Or instead of, you know, like I mentioned, these high-intensity workouts, maybe you're doing some more like slow hatha yoga, or maybe you're doing, um, you know, something a little bit more grounding, like yin yoga, something calming, or even like weightlifting, where it's got this like heaviness to it, too. So it's coming back to those elements of just how can I balance that excess air? You need more earth to ground it. And then so for pitta, for example, which is made up of fire and water, this is very hot. Pitta people are very, very hot. So diet-wise, that means anything too spicy, chili peppers, garlic, onion, that's going to increase that heat. And so you might experience loose stools, burning indigestion. It could, you know, quicken your mind. Um, it could add a little bit more intensity to like your thoughts. You can be more passionate, more aggressive in your speech. And so to counteract that, you would be an invitation to bring in more cooling elements because pitta is so hot that you would want to balance it with cooling heaviness of earth and water. So like food wise, you would want to bring in um, possibly like some cooling teas like fennel, coriander, cumin, something cooling, or some bitter greens that have more air and more um, earth to them to just like cool the pitta dosha off. But lifestyle practices, this could mean more, you know, non-competitive sports, maybe going bike riding or swimming, something in the water to help cool them off. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of playing with those elements and learning to identify those and where you can find balance. Because in Ayurveda, it's very much like increases like and then opposites balance mm -hmm. do you find that people are more like if you're pitta for example are you more drawn towards the f spicy foods and the you know intense exercise and things like that or is you naturally trying to balance um it, it depends most of the time i see a lot of people where your dominant dosha is you're usually attracted to the things that aggravate you um, mm -hmm. However, if you're more connected, 
your body might, you know, realize some sensations of like, okay, I've been like way too heated with people lately, you know, I'm going to have um, some coconut water to help cool off, for example. Um, but most of the times you are attracted to the things that will increase the natural elements in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, kind of, it kind of reinforced the your personality a bit. <laughs> All right, let's pause for a second to thank our sponsors, and we'll have Matt join back in for that. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Misen. Misen makes better tools for better cooking with thoughtful design, premium materials, and honest prices. Instead of having an entire set of knives, all you really need is the Misen Chef Knife. The Chef Knife has a unique sloped handle that allows you to chop more efficiently, easily, and safely. It can slice through anything with ease. Misen's knives are crafted with high-grade stainless steel to stay sharper longer and last a lifetime. Not only are the knives premium quality, but Misen is two to three times less expensive than other premium knife brands. Doug, I actually did a little cooking with my daughter this weekend, and uh, we broke out the Misen Chef knife. I even let her use it with her special cooking gloves and special cooking shield so she can't cut her fingers. I'm glad she has that because those knives are really <laughs> they sharp. They are really sharp. <laughs> I know. I, you know, I've always thought that I had some good knives, and and I think I, you know, have I do have some good knives or had some good knives. But um, man, when we pulled those chef knives, that chef <laughs> knife out and started cutting stuff, I was like, what have I been missing all this time? That thing is so sharp. <laughs> yeah, they're really sharp and all, really nice and heavy too. I like the weight. Yeah, it's a, it's good quality. It's good stuff. Step up your cooking game now and head over to Misen.com slash no meat. That's M-I-S-E-N.com slash no meat for 20% off your first order. That's Misen.com slash no meat. This episode is also brought to you by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal company. Enjoy clean ingredients you can trust, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Go to greenchef.com slash nomeat90 and use code nomeat90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Matt, we have uh, enjoyed our Green Chef deliveries now, right? I mean, what I, what I love most about Green Chef is that um, the recipes have been unique enough that they like really kind of push me, push my comfort zone a little bit, but always turn out really good. Yeah, and I mean the convenience. Like, uh, we'll be at, I'll be at soccer practice with my wife, and we'll sit watching my son, and then we'll say, "What are we having for dinner tonight?" And then we don't have a plan, and then we say, "Oh yeah, we have Green Chef at home," and then we go do that. Yes, absolutely. Here's how it works: When your food box arrives, you'll have all the pre-measured, perfectly portioned ingredients all prepared and ready to go. Your the recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions to take out any of the guesswork. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box, so you can feel great about what you're eating now, what you're eating, and how to get it on your table. And you know, I'm a big big fan of that type of stuff. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes for your lifestyle that go way beyond ordinary substitutions. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep work for you week after week. Go to greenchef.com slash nomeat90 and use code nomeat90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. What, what I like about this, what, or what I really like about this, is, is eating for your personality, essentially, right? I mean, so you're exercising for your personality, you're, you're doing all these things for um, your kind of dominant dosha, uh, which, I, get, I mean, would you call it your personality? Is that fair to say, or is that... Um, um, your unique body makeup, I would say. It's like a mind-body okay. connection. Okay. Um, you know, but, but for, so tailoring your diet to kind of fit who you are and uh, and balance out who you are. 
So talk to me a little bit more about um, what that looks like in practice. So, you know, you mentioned a few examples, but um, when you think of Ayurvedic food or, or diet, um, what are you really aiming for? Mm-hmm. So it, it really um, will always depend on the person and their unique makeup, right? Um, but we do have the doshas to kind of help guide us. Um, the basis of Ayurvedic eating, though, really comes back to conscious consumption um, and addressing as well as like our digestive strength. So the, like the strength of our digestive fire, we call it Agni in Ayurveda, really sets the stage of like how anyone will be able to digest something properly. Um, but the basic guidelines of Ayurveda is to eat something that's warm, something that's cooked, lighter grains and fresh vegetables. Um, the seasons play like a huge part in just kind of aligning ourselves with nature. However, more specific Ayurvedic eating kind of comes back to the Ayurvedic six tastes. And these are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent. And just like the doshas, these tastes are made up of the five great elements. So sweet, for example, is made up of earth and water. So this is the heaviest taste. It's cooling. It's moist. And so thinking that it's made up of earth and water Foods that contain the sweet taste would be more balancing for a vata type of person, like me, for example, who has a lot of air qualities and elements in there where I'm kind of all over the place. I need to balance that with something that's heavy and earth um, and water, like sweet taste, like sweet potatoes, bananas, dates. Um, And then you have like the bitter taste, for example, which is made up of air and ether. And so the bitter taste is like dark leafy greens, dandelion root, turmeric, and this would be more balancing for a kapha type of person um, because it's, you know, it balances kapha's natural earth and water. And it comes in with these like light, bitter greens to help lift kapha up. So each dosha has three pacifying tastes that are more balancing and has three tastes that are less um, pacifying, I would say. <laughs> and so this kind of where it gets like maybe like a little confusing too. Um, but it, it, when you pull it back to the elements, that's really where it's always at. So like a vata person, for example, they have this air and ether makeup. So they need something that's heavy, that's earth, water, and fire to help warm them up, right? So they would be mm-hmm. most balancing to cre- eat the sweet, the sour, and the salty tastes. And the sweet taste, like I mentioned, bananas, sweet potatoes, rice, oats, and then the sour, um, lemons, limes, tomatoes cooked like that, grapefruit, and then salty, you know, fresh salt. Salt actually helps us absorb moisture, so it'll help um, alleviate dry skin. But pitta, for example, um, is very hot, so they need more cooling type of taste to help balance them. So that would be the bitter taste, um, like I said, bitter greens, or the astringent taste has a lot of air in them. That's like a lot of most legumes. Um, And then also the sweet taste, because the sweet taste is cool and heavy, which is balancing for the pitta dosha. But kapha, for example is made up of earth and water, so it's naturally heavy. So if you were to eat um, a lot of heavy sweet foods, like the sweet potatoes, the dates, the almonds, that's only going to increase that earth and water and kind of add sluggish digestion or other type of symptoms. So they would seek to balance um, the bitter, the astringent, and the pungent taste. And the pungent taste really brings in this heat, and that's going to like really spark up the digestive fire, things like chili peppers, onions, garlic. Um, So when you're thinking of kind of 
how to frame your di- your your meals um, from an Ayurvedic perspective, it's coming back to those elements and learning about how to identify the foods that will help bring you balance. Um, so if you are feeling, for example, heavy one day, like you are having a tough time getting out of bed, um, you know, you have a, just a lot going on, your stomach is feeling like full from the night before, this would be a good time maybe to have like a lighter breakfast. Maybe that's, you know, warm cooked um, fruit rather than like a heavy oatmeal with almond butter or like a really packed smoothie, like maybe having something lighter or even like a salad throughout the day. But on the flip side, if you're feeling, um, you know, like kind of anxious about a meeting that you have coming up or you're nervous about something, this would be an invitation to maybe eat something that's a little bit heavier or grounding. So maybe you grab some mixed nuts and some warm tea to kind of help ground you and then warm your body up to soothe your nervous system. So it's kind, Ayurveda is really a science of tapping into nature in a way and learning to identify the feelings in yourself. Because even though, you know, I, I mentioned the pacifying taste for each dosha, it really can vary um, throughout the time of day or even the seasons that we're in. Ayurveda, kind of pulling it back, like we are, even though we have a dominant dosha, there are two constitutions that we use in Ayurveda. And the first one is um, the original constitution, which is unique to everyone. And this is what you're given at the time of conception. It's called a prakruti. But then everyone also has a vikruti or a current imbalance. And this is influenced by the food we eat, the seasons that we're in, the lifestyles that we live. Um, So it's always changing. And so maybe if you're feeling um, light one day, you might be feeling heavy another day based on like the lifestyle practices that you're doing or, you know, environments that you're engaging with. So Ayurveda really promotes just that connection to yourself and learning almost how to doctor yourself based on how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but so I guess, or should you mostly be kind of chasing what you're feeling in the moment or kind of always going back to your dominant dosha and starting there and then kind of, you know, tweaking it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So in Ayurveda, it's really important to know both, but, um, when, addressing yourself, um, you want to focus on the imbalance because this is the area that's off, we can say. But it's important to reference like your your original constitution because that is where like home base is almost. So you want to know where that's going. And every single person is made up of all three doshas. So even though um, you may have one dominant dosha, you still contain all of the doshas because that's all of the elements, right? And just like nature, we're this, you know, makeup of all the five great elements. Um, So you want to look at the symptoms that you're experiencing and learning how to pull them back into balance. So like for me, for example, like we mentioned, like you have a tendency to go out of balance in your dominant dosha. For me, I have a lot of vata in me. So like I can get really excitable really easily but sometimes that too much energy can like really spike me where I get either lightheaded, you know, confused or just kind of like over the top anxious. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, feeling that in me, that's what I have a tendency to get out of balance in. So I almost always have to be working to maintain a more stable and grounded energy because I know I have that tendency. 
However, that doesn't mean I can't go out of balance in pitta or kapha. And, you know, maybe I'm experiencing like a lot of anger one day and I have a lot of like heated emotions where maybe I like tell someone off or I'm like self-critical of myself. And if I notice that, that would be an invitation to me be like, okay, I notice I'm being really judgmental of myself right now. Maybe I should go, you know, practice some slow yoga. Maybe I should do like a cooling meditation practice or doing some lunar pranayama to help cool my nervous system down and kind of release me of these heated emotions. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Katie and I, right before everything shut down last year, we did a little retreat weekend um, away from the kids and, uh, and went to an Ayurvedic retreat center called the Art of Living Center in, in here, or like, I don't know, in North Carolina. Um, and... Uh, one thing, so I had heard of Kitri, I had Kitri, Katie had cooked it several times, but um, what I didn't realize is that like Kitri was uh, incorporated basically into every meal, or at least an option for, for every meal. So, so talk to me about Kitri, because it seems like that's kind of like the, the Ayurvedic food that everyone, or that, that if you've heard of, of, of anything, then you've heard of Kitri. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Were you on like a cleanse or uh, like a detox? It, it wasn't a cleanse, but they, they, it was like they did all the meals and, um, you know, you had a ton of activities, yoga, different types of yoga and meditation. And, you know, you kind of just uh, like you got to choose your own adventure. There, there were people who were doing cleanses and different sort of designed retreats, but we were just kind of there enjoying the, the, the oh, nice. center. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, so Kitri, oh, it's, um, yes, that is like an Ayurvedic staple. And the reason why it's so infamous is because, it, according to Ayurveda, it is the easiest digestible meal possible. And that's okay. because of, it uses like basmati rice and mung dal and a rainbow of different spices that are essentially tridoshic, meaning that they are balancing for all doshas. So any dosha can eat it and feel nourished by it. Um, they won't be pushed out of balance, but it'll kind of like help cleanse them exactly as they need it in that moment. And then the rice mm -hmm. and the mung dal are just when you soak them overnight and then you add them with these spices that are, you know, containing all of the six tastes. So it's like this ultimate balance. Um, it helps strengthen your agni or your digestive fire or your metabolism and kind of is this like it's super easy to digest meal um, that's nourishing and detoxifying at the same time. So it's very a classic Ayurvedic dish. Um, and they do a lot of like Kitri cleanses too, where you can go on a mono diet of Kitri and have it for breakfast, lunch, mm. and dinner for anywhere from like three, seven to 21 days, depending on um, the type of cleanse you want to go through. <laughs> yeah yeah so so they did have other food as well i should clarify that. <laughs> but kitchen was available for every meal and, and uh you know so i had had it uh, just kind of like as a side dish but people were you know eating it as their full mm -hmm. meal and, and that was uh you know what they what they needed i guess and what they wanted <laughs> yeah and, and like one of the big things about kitchen too is that it touches on all of these um you know the great things of ayurvedic food so it's warm it's moist um it's nourishing so it's easy for the body to digest um and when you think of like trying to you know balance a body um in compared to like eating kitri that's easy to digest versus like maybe granola with milk which is like very crunchy it's light it's dry it's rough 
So like mm-hmm. imagine each of those going down your digestive tract and Kitri, um, if it, like you don't know what it looks like, it's kind of like a mush, um, stew. It can be made into more of like a soupy type of like rice stew, but it's usually like kind of like this mush. So that going down your digestive tract versus like crunchy granola will have a very different effect. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. It's very yeah. good. <laughs> did, uh, did you practice some of the Ayurvedic like eating guidelines as well? Did they promote those? They, so everything, so it was kind of like a buffet and everything um, was like labeled based on different doshas. Uh, I'm going to totally mess up what I'm saying here. So, so don't judge me too hard, but like everything, uh, everything was like labeled in different ways. So you could kind of like craft your meal um, based on like how, you know, what you needed to balance yourself out that day. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Uh, It was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, like when, when you get into specific foods and stuff too, um, it, it can be very overwhelming sometimes. So it's good to have them labeled or use resources online. Because um, like fruit, for example, like apples carry this astringent taste, which means they're um, light and drying. So an mm. a, like a fresh apple would be great for you, a, a kappa, to consume because it'll counteract the heaviness of kappa. Um but for me as a vata, which I already have a lot of air in me, eating like a raw apple will only increase that and it'll actually dry me out a little bit. So a balancing way would be to cook it down and add some like cinnamon, like a warming mm. spice. So it's very much um, Ayurveda. I, like I, one thing I always like to make sure I state too is that it's not so much like you should never be eating those foods that aggravate you but it's kind of learning how to eat them in a nourishing way for you. Just like I mentioned with the apple, like you eat it raw and that's balancing. But for me to eat an apple, like it would be better to cook it and add some spices to make it more digestible for my personal body. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Uh So the other thing that um, they had a lot at this retreat center, and then I know is also kind of a a staple food in Ayurvedic food is, is ghee. Um, which is uh, which is butter that's been cooked down, right? Essentially, clarified butter, yeah. Clarified butter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at the, at, thankfully, at the retreat center for me, it was optional. You could like they didn't cook it in anything; you'd put it on. Um, but uh, I guess so. Maybe talk about for you know, for a second why ghee uh, is used so much in Ayurveda food, and then if there's alt- vegan alternatives that could kind of give you some of the similar benefits. Yeah. Um, so ghee is like renowned in Ayurveda. Um, and when mm-hmm. you think of like back in ancient India, like the cow was very um, revered. And so, right. it, yeah, ghee is essentially clarified butter. So all of the like the lactose and the milk is cooked out. So it's just pure fat. And the reason why it's so um, popular in Ayurveda and why everyone uses it is because it has this ability to amplify anything that it's carrying. So it basically increases the potency of um, the herbs that it's paired with. And so we call this like special power, I guess, in Ayurveda, like a pravab. So it kind of like if you were um, fennel is very good for the digestive tract to help alleviate gas and stimulate the metabolism or the agni. And so if you paired ghee with fennel and you consumed like a ghee and fennel tea, the fennel will have like 
an even more powerful effect on your digestion um, if it was paired without the ghee, for example. Mm -hmm. So it, it basically increases the potency of everything that it comes with. And it has this unique ability to kind of like detoxify, but also tonify at the same time. So it's uh, good for all doshas. Um, okay. And that's why it's like really used in Ayurveda. However, there are vegan substitutes, just like everything too. Um, I'm, I'm just picturing like you at the retreat center too. They're probably adding ghee to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, wait, you, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. No, that, they were, they were really good. Like they, you could tell that they, uh, I think attract a lot of vegans to the retreat center. So everything was, uh, they were, they were really good about like, um, either not, cooking it in and letting you add it yourself or making sure that everything was, was labeled. So it, it ended up not being a big deal, but, um, you know, but like ghee was always there, you know, so it's like, uh, and I had never really seen it before. I had never really paid any attention to ghee before. So, um, good to know about the benefits, but what is, you know, what, what are, is there a vegan alternative that would kind of give you some of those same benefits? Yeah, for sure. So, um, different types of oils too are really, just as good as benefits um, of the ghee too. They don't have the, the same type of like potency that I would say ghee would have, but there are perfectly good um, substitutes. So sesame oil is a really popular um, mm. vegan alternative, but it's also just like really used a lot in Ayurveda regardless. And sesame oil um, is grounding, you know, it's heavy, it's dense and it's warm. So sesame oil would be a great oil for vata dosha or even any dosha in the like the winter um, fall when, you know, it's like colder. Sesame oil is warm. So it kind of brings in that warmth. Um, another good vegan alternative would be like coconut oil. Coconut oil is heavy, but it's also cool too. And um, avocado oil, almond oil, these are all really good oils to substitute as well. And like you can personalize them to your dosha. Like I mentioned, sesame is warming, so that would be good for vata and kapha. Um, but coconut oil is more cooling, so that would be good for pitta. But again, it's almost like incorporating the seasons with um, what you're consuming as well. Um, because mm -hmm. as like this, we move through the seasons, it's also like the times of year of different doshic dominancy. Um, so in the springtime, it's technically like this kapha season. So it would be a good time to be consuming, you know, like sesame oil because it's a bit more warming. But then as we move into summer, which is pitta dominant, coconut oil would be a great oil to be using um, mostly um, because it's more cooling. So it'll kind of counteract the heat of the summer. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <Never would have laughs> I mean, it makes sense when you say it, but, you know, I never would have been like, oh, yeah. Coconut oil, that's cooling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's really like it's pulling it back to those elements and those qualities. So when I say cooling, that means it's like it's got water in it. Um, it's mm -hmm. heavy with that earth, too. And like, you know, summer is hot, it's heat, it's fire. And so, yeah, yeah. it's just learning to play with those balances. Totally. <laughs> so one thing I didn't mention before we kind of, or I didn't ask before we got onto the uh, topic of food was relationships. Um, you know, I guess like partners, uh, but also, um, you know, colleagues at work and that kind of thing. You know, if you have an understanding of your makeup, right, and and kind of what, um, you know, what, where your imbalances are, um, how can you, like, I guess, how do you navigate that with other people who maybe are the opposite or uh, or you are also the same imbalance and, like, you're, there's just creating conflict that way? 
Yeah, I, and I see this a lot sometimes too, actually, like in 80-20, um, because family members will be like, we're all different doshas. What do we do? Um, and this is the place to come back to um, focusing on the season that we're in. So Ayurveda is connected to nature innately. So by following the seasonal foods, you're going to be connecting with um, with nature and ultimately finding that balance. So like we're entering into springtime. So we're coming out of winter and winter is just like this heavy density, right? Um, so as we move into spring, we want to counteract that heaviness that we're feeling. And so we want to be eating like lighter foods, fresh vegetables, berries are coming into season. Um, so if you are in a family that has all different doshas or have a partner that, you know, is a totally different dosha, a good like meeting point is to kind of focus on what's in season, what's local, what's fresh, because whatever nature is providing is going to be balancing in that time of year. So, um, yeah, coming back to, you know, going to the fresh market, uh, you know, or ordering some food from your local farmer, if you can, or, you, you know, finding whatever's fresh and in season, that's going to be a good meeting point. And then you can always kind of like personalize it a little bit too. Like me and my partner are um, different constitutions. Like he has a lot of fire and I have a lot of air. And so I'm all, I always like to cook warm foods and he likes to always consume colder foods. Um, because that's more balancing to him and kind of where we meet is just cooking what's in season, maybe, you know, not cooking it all the way down, um, like spinach, for example, not eating it raw, but not melting it all the way down to the bottom. But, you know, sauteing it for a couple, for a minute in the pan, too, to open it up and create mm -hmm. some warmth. Um, but, yeah, yeah, focusing on the seasons um, and incorporating that if you have, like, different doshic makeups within a household. Or when in doubt, just go to Kitri, you know, just turn. Yeah, Kitri. exactly. <laughs> Kitri will always be balancing. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, um, I guess before we wrap up and, you know, I'd love for you to share um, some places that people can both connect with you, of course, uh, but also learn more if they want to like get started on what, um, you know, kind of thinking about where they fall within certain doshas or different makeup. Um, do you have any places that you'd recommend to send people? Yeah, I would say the first two resources would be Banyan Botanicals. Um, they have tons of articles and um, journal entries about all things Ayurveda. Um, they're a great reference, and they also offer some, you know, Ayurvedic tools and products. Um, another great resource would be Joyful Belly, and this is great resource for food. So if you're interested in the Ayurvedic food, you can go to Joyful Belly and type in almonds, and it'll tell you the taste. It'll tell you if it's balancing for your dosha. Um, it'll tell you how easily digestible it is. It'll kind of give you a breakdown of that food. Um, so Joyful Belly, I think, would be a great resource for anyone who's interested in Ayurvedic eating. Um, and they also they, they give you uh, like recipes by your dosha, by the seasons, um, really great resource, Joyful Belly. And then to find me, um, I am Claire Minded on YouTube and Instagram, um, C-L-A-R-E, no I. And um, <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of fun lives and videos with some other Ayurvedic practitioners. Um, we love to get together. It's a great community of trying to spread the good word of Ayurveda and trying to break it down into as simple as we can um, 
Yeah, and I'm also working on this Ayurvedic um, digital magazine that I have coming up too, which I'm super stoked about. And it's cool. really about uh, helping people align to the wisdom of nature. What's where can they find out about that? Um, Just so that you? yeah, so that is um, Oja's magazine. O J A S. Um, I'm still finalizing the website this is kind of like an idea that like just rolled in the past couple months but you (laughs) can sign up for it (laughs) well so it will be released in uh, mid-february so if you do want to sign up for that you can go to my website clareminded.com slash ojas o-j-a-s and um, subscribe and then you'll be the first to receive it about uh, right around the lunar new year so mid-february and then you know i think like listening to this people can probably have a a decent idea of like where they fall, what dosha they, they fall into. But, you know, are there personal, are there like quizzes? Like you would have like a Myers-Briggs quiz or something like that, that you can take. uh, Totally. (laughs) Better understanding. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have one on my website. Banyan Botanicals has a great one on their website. And this will give you uh, a a great general guidance of your doshic makeup to give you a great starting point. Um, The online quizzes are pretty accurate. They're not going to go into all the fine details, but they're a great starting resource. So I would highly recommend taking those if you're interested. Awesome. Well, Claire, thanks so much for doing this. This was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? Um, no, I'm grateful to be here. And anyone, please reach out to me if you have questions about Ayurveda. I would love to share more. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you.